Episode 2, The Boo Hag. Have you ever woke up in the morning feeling just as tired as you were when you went to bed? Maybe you just didn't sleep well. Maybe you just didn't sleep enough. But have you ever considered the idea that you'd been visited by a boo hag? Probably not. Many of you are probably confused and have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, allow me to enlighten you. The tale of the boo hag originates from folklore of South Carolina's Gula people. She is a witch, as well as a sort of vampire. During the day, when she's in public, more than likely searching for her next victim, she looks like a regular woman, usually a younger, beautiful woman to draw men in. At night, however, she peels her skin strip by strip to expose her muscle and veins and takes flight to feed on the essence of her next victim. Mainly these victims are men, but if there are no men worth feeding from, she will target children. She will sniff out her closest victim, and when she finds a person worth her time, she'll look for an open window. If for some reason she cannot find an open window, she'll search for a crack in a window or a doorframe, or even a small hole in the wall. When she does, she'll squeeze her body through the gap, even if it requires her ripping or tearing a muscle or two. And now that she's in the victim's house, she'll sniff the person out ever so quietly. When she finds her prey, she'll sneak up on the person and prepare to feast. In some stories, she'll put a spell on the person to put them into a state of sleep paralysis, just in case they wake up mid-meal. In most stories, however, she's not as nice. In the stories, she'll approach the person and sit on their chest. This is called riding the victim. After she finds a comfy position, she will begin to feed. She'll make you breathe through your mouth, if you aren't already, by pinching your nose. Then she'll lean down and steal the breath of her victim. This is how she gets her sustenance. Depending on how strong the person's life force is, determines on how long she needs to feed. Once she is full, she will leave the victim and return to her skin before sunrise. When the person wakes, they will feel tired and weak. This is not fatal, and the person will completely recover. But if the boo hag enjoyed her meal, she will more than likely return for another. In some more dark and morbid stories, she will feast from her victim the same way. In these stories, however, the victim will wake during her feeding, and when they try to retaliate, she'll pin them down with inhuman strength and steal their breath. In some of the stories, she'll steal all of their breath, resulting in a person's death. In others, when she's finished feeding, she will tear off the flesh of her victim and wear it. 
She will leave the victim alive and stripped of all of their skin, leaving them a screaming clump of muscle and bone, living in agony until they finally give in and die. The only way to get rid of a boo hag is to keep her from returning to her skin. If you can keep her from returning to her skin by sunup, she will never again be able to get back into it and will forever be exposed as the monster she is. She will leave and hide forever in embarrassment. There are said to be ways of killing a boo hag, but none of them have been proven to be effective every time. In my research, I found a famous story of the Buhag I would like to share with you. Our story begins while our not-so-lucky bachelor, Bobby Hansen. Despite everything, Bobby could not find his true love. He proposed several times, and although some of the women said yes, they would always get cold feet a few days before the wedding. After the third time, he began to feel discouraged, and his father began to feel sorry for him. They worked together in the family grocery store, and often during breaks and after closing, Bobby would sit atop the pickle barrel and complain to his father. His father would always sit and listen, and afterwards reassure his son that a beautiful, nice wife would come in the near future. Neither of them believed a word he said, but it made them both feel better to hear it. The day after the latest conversation, the old woman who traveled through the swamp to leave milk and eggs arrived. She talked to Bobby's father, and when he explained Bobby's issue, she told him about her daughter, who was looking for a handsome husband with a steady job. Both her and Bobby's father thought that Bobby would do just fine. They both decided to introduce them at the next dance. On the night of the next dance, Bobby's father made sure that Bobby made himself presentable. On the night of the next dance, Bobby, dragging his feet, reminisced about his past failures. His father dragged him into the dance, and that's when Bobby saw her. She was a beautiful young woman, with rosy red lips and milk-white skin. He was head over heels for her. The pair had a great night dancing and cuddling, and by morning, Bobby was determined to make her his wife before the priest who often visited his store. The girl was all for it, but not by a priest. She insisted that they just got married by the judge. Bobby, as smitten as he was, agreed. By the next evening, they were wed. He took his new bride to his cozy little cabin, which was right down the street from the grocery. It was a decent two-story house with both an attic and a basement. He figured the attic would be nice just in case his new mother-in-law decided to visit. That night, after she made him a big meal, he laid in bed and she sat in a rocking chair next to the bed. 
She was cuddled under a blanket, knitting and humming. Her soothing humming lulled him to sleep. That morning, just before dawn, he woke to see her crawling into bed. She was sweaty and smelled awful. He attempted to confront her, but when he did, she became enraged. In her fit, she scared him and he backed down and went back to sleep. This continued every night for weeks. His days were great, but his nights were nightmares. During the day, she would cook and keep the house spotless. He thought she was an angel, but at night, she would refuse to come to bed, and he would wake early every morning to see her crawling into bed, stinking. He was so mad, he finally confided in his father, who told him he didn't know what to do or say, and told him to consult the local conjure woman, because the priest had left town. He came to her house with three chickens as payment and told her what had been happening. Intrigued, she told him to go back home, and that night pretend to sleep. When she left, follow her and see what she did. Finally, she told him to return the following night and tell her what had happened. He returned home, and after dinner, pretended to sleep. Once he heard her moving around, he followed her into the attic. He peeked through a crank to see her spinning her own skin off into a spin wheel, leaving only pulsing red muscles and blue veins. Once she was done and completely skinless, she cackled as she flew out the window into the night. Scared and confused, he returned to bed, later waking to see his wife crawling into bed with her skin. He thought he had had a nightmare still decided to tell the conjure woman what he saw. The next day, he had problems acting normal, because he thought his wife was a monster. He pushed through the day until he got a chance to talk to the conjure woman. He ran into her house, muttering a tale that even he himself did not believe. Once she had got him calmed down, she had explained to him that he had married a boo hag. Fear rushed through his body. He had no idea what to do. He begged the conjure woman to tell him what to do. He cried. He even crawled down to his knees and begged. She told him to get blue paint and salt and pepper. A dumbfounded expression came across his face. Seeing that he was confused, she told him to paint all of the door frames and windowsills blue, except for one, because she could not cross blue paint, and take the salt and pepper and put it in her skin while she was out of it. When she gets back in it, it would put an end to her. believing what she'd said, he realized he didn't have any other choice, so he did it. He went to the grocery store and he got blue paint, insult, and pepper. 
and headed in a bush outside his home to come back to later that night. He forced himself to finish out the day with his wife. He was scared. What if something went wrong? What would he do? That night, he waited to hear his wife get up and go into the attic. And he waited until he heard the boo hag take flight. He got out of bed and ran downstairs and ran out the front door. He ran over to the bush to retrieve his paint and spices, hoping to God that she wouldn't see him. He got them and ran back inside. When he got back in, he scurried around the house, painting all the door frames and all the windows blue, except for one. He left the small window in the basement, which he had used nails to keep propped open about half an inch. Double checking that he'd gotten all the doors and windows, he finally went up into the attic. He ran over to the spin wheel, which had the hag skin, and he doused it with the salt and the pepper. Afterwards, he hid behind a large set of drawers in the corner to await her return. After what had seemed like forever, he heard it. A thud and a scream. She was back and she was howling in anger due to the fact of not being able to get back into the attic. He heard her banging around the house, checking all the windows and checking all the doors, which she couldn't get through. Finally, she found the basement window and squeezed into the gap. He could hear the muscles tearing and the veins popping in the process. He could hear her as she ran through the house, running up three flights of stairs and rushing to get back into her skin before sunrise. She got into the attic and into her skin as she began to scream in pain. The salt and the pepper had begun to burn her from the inside. She flailed around the attic in pain, and finally jumped out the window screaming, flying towards the swamp. She screamed, and after a few seconds, exploded into chunks of meat over the swamp. Bobby had killed the boo hag. It took him a few weeks to recoup, considering what he'd been through, but he eventually came to terms with the fact that the life of a lonely bachelor wasn't all that bad. This story has been passed down for years, meaning there has to be some kind of truth behind it. The next time you wake up tired, remember the story. Maybe you just didn't sleep well. Or maybe, just maybe, you got a little visit from a boo hag. Better check your windows and make sure all your doors are locked. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and don't forget to join me next week as we delve deeper into the world of darkness.